the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, July the 20th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on July 20, 1969, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin became the first men to walk on the moon. They reached the surface in their Apollo 11 lunar module. NASA recorded it this way. Let me read just a portion of what NASA said as this was happening today in 1969. At 10.56 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Armstrong is ready to plant the first human foot on another world. With more than half a billion people watching on television, he climbs down the ladder and proclaims, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. NASA continues. Aldrin joins him shortly and offers a simple but powerful description of the lunar surface. Magnificent desolation. They explore the surface for two and a half hours, collecting samples and taking photographs. They leave behind an American flag, a patch honoring the fallen Apollo 1 crew, and a plaque on one of Eagle's legs. It reads, Here men from the planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969 A.D. We came in peace for all mankind. Pretty cool. Today, 1917, America's World War I draft lottery began. They pulled a single number out of the um, out of a kind of a pot in the Senate to ceremoniously begin the lottery for World War One, the draft lottery for World War. World War I. Today, in 1942, the first detachment of the Women's Army Auxiliary Corps, later known as WACS, W-A-C, not X, they begin basic training at Fort Des Moines, Iowa. Today, in 1944, an attempt by a group of German officials to assassinate Adolf Hitler with a bomb, it failed, but the bomb exploded. Unfortunately for them, it only wounded, maybe unfortunately for the world, It only wounded the Nazi leader. And today in 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt was nominated for a fourth term of office at the Democratic Convention in Chicago. Today in 1976, Americans Viking 1 robot spacecraft, it made a successful first ever landing on Mars. And today in 1977, the UN Security Council voted to admit Vietnam to the world body. Today in 2010, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to approve Elena Kagan to be the Supreme Court's fourth female justice. Today in 2012, gunman James Holmes, he opened fire inside a crowded movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. We all remember that, don't we? It was during a midnight showing of The Dark Knight Rises. Killed 12 people, wounded 70 others. And today in 2015, the United States and Cuba 
under the Obama administration, restored full diplomatic relations after more than 50 years of frosty relations rooted in the Cold War. About 15 minutes ago this morning, Rasmussen put out a survey. They published a survey. I get all their stuff. A lot of people do. And about 15 minutes ago, just before we came on the air, they put out this survey. It says, um, I didn't read all of it, but I I got the first part of it here just before I said good morning to you uh, a couple of minutes ago. But it says, Joe Biden may have won the White House, but in the political battle over election integrity, former President Donald Trump seems to be winning. Their new survey finds that 61% of likely U.S. voters agree with the statement Trump issued last week on his website. Trump said on his website last week, election reform must happen in swing states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona, where voters have lost confidence in their electoral process. 34% of voters disagreed with Trump's statement. But 61% of all likely voters from all parties agree. Rasmussen goes on to say, or Rasmussen, as it's correctly pronounced, they go on to say, quote, the percentage of voters agreeing with Trump's statement was larger than those agreeing with a quote from a speech by Biden who said America is, quote, facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. 56% agreed with Biden, 37% disagreed, but 61% of those same voters, likely voters, believe and agree with Trump about election reform. It's very interesting um, what's happening in our culture today. What they were referring to is something that Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, said again yesterday. 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 He claimed that the, um, he was in Philadelphia. He claimed that the, um, the January 6th rioters who breached the Capitol are worse than slave-owning Confederates in the Civil War because they breached the U.S. Capitol. In his speech in Philadelphia, he mocked Republicans for their attempts to pass voter integrity legislation. Here's part of what he said. I'm quoting the president. The assault on free and fair elections is such just such a threat, literally. I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. It's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. Confederates back then never breached the Capitol as insurrectionists did on January 6th. I'm not saying this to alarm you. I'm saying this because you should be alarmed. Well, he's, it's true that Confederate soldiers never breached the U.S. Capitol. The Civil War was the nation, nation's bloodiest war with an estimated, the numbers range from 750,000 to 840,000 deaths. I don't know exactly, but a lot. And it cost America a lot to fight a war over a moral issue that was, is slavery. America believed the majority and we were the winners in that war, believed that one man cannot own another man. And yet this nonsense goes on with critical theory and all of this stuff that they're talking about today and every day in our nation today, shaming America, making it as though America is some dregs 
that nobody should live in and nobody should like and nobody should salute the flag and say the Pledge of Allegiance or anything else. I get sick and tired of it. I don't know about you, but I really get tired of this. America's still the greatest country that ever lived, has ever existed on the, on the globe by almost all standards. These people just can't let it go. And you know what? Sadly, it's not about freedom. It's not even a moral issue. It's about their insatiable, just obsession with power. They just want power. I got this note in the mail. It was handed to me yesterday. Our office got it. Thank you, Mr. Randall, for standing up and telling the truth. Listen to you every morning on AM 930. Got another note. Thank you. Got another note. There got a lot of notes. I'll just read a couple of them. Got another note. These folks send um, our regular supporters every month and have been for a long time. They always send a scripture verse. They sent this one this time. I will declare thy name unto the brethren in the midst of the congregation. Will I praise thee? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's Psalm 22, 22. Dear Gary, thank you for the courage and love that you proclaim on your daily program about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm especially concerned about the children. That's from the uh, Seattle area, a suburb of Seattle. I'm concerned about the children as well, and that's why we talk a lot about it. Um, this person, and there's a couple, they say they have children and grandchildren. Yeah, I understand that. We have grandchildren as well and had our first great-grandchild just appear on the scene just a few months ago. So I, I understand that, and that's a part of what motivates some of the things that we say on this radio program. And we will continue to say, if you will continue to support us and allow us, your checks that you write or online donations, the money that you give, allows us, it buys the radio time for us to be on the air and do what we do every morning, as we are right now. Your kind words and scripture verses and words of encouragement kind of keep us going. I'm not suggesting that you should write a note every time you write a check. Not that at all, except to say that I just appreciate your support in every way, because we just would not be here if it weren't for you. And the calling of the Lord, of course. But thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. While Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez and others are pushing socialism, even communism, in America, people under those regimes are risking their lives every day to come to America. Yeah, some of them are trying to come illegally. We've talked a lot about that. I believe in borders, but I also believe in immigration. I believe that it should be a part of America. I believe it should be done legally and orderly. Otherwise, you have chaos. Cuba is collapsing because of communism, while President Biden is essentially silent. He's running around giving speeches like he did yesterday in Philadelphia, mocking the Republicans because they're trying to clean up voter integrity and make it so that all of us 
little people out here across America can believe in our elections. The assault in free, fair elections is just a, a threat, he says. It's literally, he's, he's saying basically it's just a kind of a front for the Republicans to mess with the election, which is exactly what the left is doing, and the Republicans are trying to fix it. I don't know how these people get to the conclusions that they do, but all of this to say that while he's doing that and saying that, he's not saying anything much about what's happening in Cuba. A child, a child of Cuban refugees joined hundreds of people outside the White House on Saturday, just demanding, pleading, begging that President Biden would take action to help the protesters in Cuba. She told the press, young adult, she told the press, she said, you don't see Americans going to Cuba on a raft. That's profound because it's true. Well, they talk down America. They're always talking about how bad America is, how bad we are. I don't see people like leaving America on rafts and broken boats trying to go to a different country, Cuba or otherwise, Honduras, Guatemala, whatever. They're all trying to come here. We all know why. America's not perfect, and certainly we have sinned as a nation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, it is said, all individuals. And a nation is made up of its individuals. But she's right. I want to take a closer look at why she's right for a few minutes this morning. Let's talk about what the left is saying about America and what America really represents. Her name is Barbara. She's the daughter of Cuban refugees. She didn't come from Cuba. She, I mean, her, her heritage is her parents came. So she would be like second generation. She's Her husband, she's married. He came uh, himself. So he's first generation legal immigrant to the United States. But she said he, when she told the press, it, it was actually published in a few articles. Most ignored it. But a few more conservative-leaning and even, I think, one, a couple of far-left news organizations actually quoted her. She said, you don't see Americans going to Cuba on a raft. She said, we don't want it in our country. That's why we're fighting. It's not a Cuban people problem. She said, this is a problem for everyone in this country, for everyone that can easily be affected by communism, Latin America, South America. We don't want this. She explained that the reason that her husband came to the United States from Cuba is that there are no basic rights on the island. They've all been taken away. She said, well, we take them for granted here in the United States. She said, it scared me. She said, when you have people on the left here in the U.S. saying how perfect communism is, how you have the Bernie Sanders, the AOCs, Ocasio-Cortez, trying to implement those stupid laws like they have in Cuba. She said, that's why we're here. They love their mother country, as many others do. But she said, we're here because of liberty and freedom. She said, the entire world, I'm quoting her, the entire world is protesting. Somebody needs to wake up. Somebody needs to do something. It's too much and nothing's being done and it needs to stop because it's like a cancer. She said it just grows and grows and then there's no stopping it. 
We need to stop communism now. And I think if we stop it now in this country, it will be a different world. I found that very interesting because that puts Barbara, I don't know her last name, but Barbara, on the same page with our founding fathers. They were saying the same thing 245 years ago to each other and to other people as well. They embodied what Barbara is begging for, a passion for liberty and freedom. Why do we have a passion for liberty and freedom? Because God created us to be free. Because he created us to be in a relationship with himself. Through in the New Testament and the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies, through his son Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, who came to earth, God became flesh and dwelt among us in a manger, then as a man, and he will return as a conquering king, the conquering king. But God became flesh and dwelt among us because God wanted us to be completely free. That's why the Bible says that Jesus Christ is freedom. Jesus Christ is truth. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Freedom only True freedom only comes from the inside out, from the heart. And God gives freedom and liberty to individuals. That's what our our founders, and I know there's volumes written about how, well, these guys weren't perfect. Yeah, well, neither are the people that are writing the volumes. Nobody's perfect except Jesus himself. He never sinned. You have, and so have I, because all have sinned. But these founders, they wanted to create a nation that would be in sync with, in harmony with, God's word and God's truth. And they went to great lengths to do so. And those who say that that's not true are simply lying. It is true, and it's well documented. There are thousands, if not millions, of documents, letters, notes, back and forth, statements made. They wanted to build a nation on something that they knew was lasting, And the only thing they knew that lasts was the Word of God, God's principles. And that's why God's principles, in fact, Daniel Webster even observed this a generation later. That's why God's principles were infused into all of our institutions as they were founded. Our founding fathers embodied what Barbara is begging for. Patrick Henry was one of the great orators in our founding of America a Virginian. As the British were parking their warships off the coast of the colonies, Henry told the Virginia Convention, he, he said, those ships out there that are arriving, I'm paraphrasing him, he said, those ships out there that are arriving here from England, he said, they're not a pleasure cruise. They're not wanting to take you on a cruise. That was when he famously then said, Is life so dear or peaceful, so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Almighty God, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. I think that's what this Cuban young woman is expressing on the streets in front of the White House on Saturday. Last Saturday, the same day, a group of adults and children dressed in young pioneer uniforms, I'll tell you what that is in a moment, that they featured a die-in 
like dead, like D-I-E, die in, in front of the White House. There were about uh, six or eight of them. I wrote an article on this today, and uh, I included some pictures in it of people, and these guys in particular. They put red stuff all over them that looks like blood. It's not, but they put it on there to make their point. And so they, they're, they're, they're laying down on the sidewalk uh, in front of the White House, uh, legally, so outside the fence. And um, they're demonstrating this, this young pioneer. And they're all wearing these young pioneer uniforms. Well, they, and they put red coloring on themselves, as I said, to symbolize blood. Well, the young pioneer uniforms are those worn in Cuba by children who have excelled in communist indoctrination classes in public government-run schools. The parallels that struck my mind when I saw that, I was not aware of the Young Pioneer program, but I was not surprised by it when I became informed. But several lying on the sidewalk had placed signs beside themselves. One of them read, you're sitting by while we die. And another one on the sidewalk, easily read, quite large, said, Cuba's blood is on your hands. These people are desperate for freedom. But I thought about this, these indoctrination classes in public-run schools, government-run schools. We have a very similar parallel program in America, and it's being pushed by these same people that are silent about Cuba, and they have so much to say about what's wrong with America. Yes, even the President of the United States. I had to think that these people are not so far Excuse me. Not so far from walking a parallel path with what they're doing on the island of Cuba. We applaud our children when they respond to the hideous, immoral teaching that they're getting on a number of issues. And I'll come back to that in a moment. George Washington told the Reformed German Congregation of New York City, the Reformed German Congregation of New York City. On November 27, 1783, he gave them quite a talk from the pulpit. One of the things he said is, quote, the establishment of civil and religious liberty was the motive which induced me to the field, in other words, to political activity, to become what I did, the general of the Revolutionary War and then the first president of the United States. But continuing in his speech to the church, He explained that his objective had been attained through the winning of the Revolutionary War. But he he said, so I have done what I was prompted to do, meaning I think he was suggesting that God had prompted him to do that because he refers to that in a lot of other things he said. He said, said, I have done what I was called to do, but he said, I'm challenging the church congregation. And he said this, quote, And now it remains to be my earnest wish and prayer that the citizens of the United States could make a wise and virtuous use of the blessings placed before them. I think that should stop every American in 2021. All these years later, are we making wise and virtuous use of the blessings placed before them? No, we're not. We're wasting the economy of a country. We're wasting the freedom. We're wasting the liberty. In fact, some of us here are at war with liberty and freedom. That's what's going on in our country today. 
Today we see a man who has spent his entire adult life in Washington, D.C. with little to no recorded political accomplishment. You can check this out. The man that runs America now has not done much of anything as a politician for his entire adult life. His single goal, by his own admission, has been to become President of the United States. He's standing by his lifelong dream job, savoring the moment behind the resolute desk, while a nation 90 miles off Florida coast is begging for help in their quest for freedom and liberty, and he's busy telling America how bad we are because we breached the Capitol, if you're a conservative. Rather than feed the hunger for freedom and compassion and help, he fuels the obsession of the left to take this country to the same communistic cesspool that the Castro brothers have taken Cuba. What's the matter with us? You can almost see Cuba from the Keys in Florida. And if he grows weary and confused in the battle to take America where we don't want to go, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and President Kamala Harris, almost, and a host of other leftists are there to hold up his arms in the battle, at least for now until they take full control of our government. Our president is allowing his obsessed left colleagues to put our own children in his version of young pioneer uniforms, celebrating the freedom of six-year-olds who become confused over their own gender and the patriotism of those educators who indoctrinate those children's children every day. So-called public education under this administration has become so obsessed with so-called social justice causes that are not social and they're not justice. They've ceased educating, becoming possessed with the notion that their calling is merely activism using other people's children. He and his allies have told our country and the world they have a right under our Constitution to kill unwanted unborn children under the banner of choice and women's health care. Just like in the Old Testament times, the history is there. Parents who didn't want their children or women who didn't want their children took their baby and put it in the hot arms of a molten, almost molten statue of Molech. They were doing the same thing. They called it religion. We call it health care. Same thing. Killing unwanted babies. This administration and his colleagues are demanding that our government-run schools teach our children critical race theory, which is nothing more than an exercise in learning how to hate. How to hate each other and how to hate, hate our country. There's no question our country stands at a proverbial fork in the road, but if we are to continue as we are, it will not end well. But we have the opportunity to change our leadership, an opportunity Cuba does not have short of a revolutionary war, and their guns have been taken away from them. We must extract ourselves from our current social and political trajectory. John Adams, in a letter to his wife Abigail, wrote in 1775, he said, Hi, honey. No, I don't know. I, don't, I, I didn't look at how he started. But anyway, in the letter, he said, But a constitution of government, once changed for, from freedom, can never be restored. Liberty, once lost, is lost forever. That's a sobering thought. I don't know if he's right, but he was right on a lot of things. John Witherspoon, a pastor, theologian, educator, and founding father, he said in his work, The Dominion of Providence Over the Passions of Men, he wrote it in 1776. He said, There is not a single instance in history in which civil liberty was lost and religious liberty preserved entire 
in Tyre. If therefore we yield up our temporal property, we at the same time deliver the conscience into bondage. We stand at that decision today. I'll see you tomorrow.